Peter Pack the Pickle Pile and Pins of Pickle Pickles. You are now listening to Talk Show, episode 43 or 4 or 5 or whatever you want it to be. And my co-host, Adam Sanchez, will not let me finish introducing the show, but I'm going to make him anyway by talking louder on the microphone. And here he is, the man who loves apples and the great north, Adam St. Germain. Bro, it's only episode 41. And three, four, or five, if you choose, is what I just said. <laughs> All right, I mean, you can round up. It's, it's cool. You know, like, listen, in today's world, your reality is what you choose it to be. Too true, my friend. Too true. How, so, how are you doing today, Adam St. Germain? Where are you? What's going on? Super duper. Currently in the town of New Lebanon, New York. Is there a New Lebanon, Connecticut, too? I feel like I feel like that's a Connecticut I think, town. I think there's a lot of New Lebanons. Let's let's be honest. Okay, okay, okay. Because I was I thought you were gonna finish that up with Connecticut, and then you threw me for a loop. No, I was in Connecticut. Uh, I was riding mountain bikes in Connecticut, and now apparently because of science and geography and mathematics and trade winds, it is faster to drive through New York to get to Vermont. Fascinating. <laughs> this is new science we've just discovered. It's, it's like some new, it's some it's that new, new. Because if you ask me, if you're like, how would you get here? This is not even remotely close to the way that I would tell you to go. But you know, me, listen, I'm, this is the reality I believe in. And in my reality, bitches be driving through New York. <laughs> bitches be driving okay. through New York. Do, do you ever sing that, that, that song that, um, Oh God! What's the lady? Bitches be driving through New York. What song? What song? I don't know. I, 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 I'm totally failing on the female singer who sings a song about New York that that has like the big swelling chorus that makes you feel so excited about New York for some reason. Even I mean, though the, it smells like one, piss and is objectively not that great. The one, the one thing that I always think of New York is I always think there's like a Jay Z song where he sings about New York and how great it is, but. Yeah, maybe, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Adam St. Germain, here we are, October 3rd, as we record this episode. And Ladies and gentlemen! <laughs> drop it. <laughs> October 3rd, 10-320. We're, we're here. We, we took us a good week longer than we meant to to do this, but Adam St. Germain, you've wrapped up your your upward taper, your your, your building phase for the DIY Ultra, you're now, I believe, a couple days, two days maybe, or one day, no, a couple days into your rest week, right? Or even a, where are you at? Is it four I'm, or five I'm, days in? Yeah, I'm like, I'm on like day uh, six because my last run was the, was Saturday. So it's a, what, a week ago. Yeah. And then I think I did... I feel like I did like two miles or something on the Sunday to, to finish out the month. Sure. Um, so yeah, day on day six of the rest week. Very good. Very good. So, and so now on, I didn't like on the rest week. Are you just laying low completely? You're doing little fun activities, cross training kind of stuff. What are you, what are you up to? I heard you just said mountain bike a minute ago. But what, what?
Adam C. Dream. What's up? Hello. Hey. <laughs> you still there? <laughs> I'm here. I'm okay, here. I'm gonna have to do an edit right here. So hold on one second, so I can just make a quick adjustment. So because I'm gonna have to edit part of that anyway. Hold on one second. You should enter the record scratching down. <laughs> I might. Adam St. Germain, rest week, what are you doing? Bam, so, so that's what I was saying, is that the rest week wasn't so much a rest week as it was a no-running week. So mm. I still, still did some training. I actually rode my mountain bike two days, uh, and it was good, you know, but I got, I got some good recovery. Took all the impact out of the training I was doing. So knees feel good, ankles feel good, feet feel good, uh, hips feel good. Just trying to rest up the joint. The still, joint. still been doing your CrossFit morning kind of routine to one degree or another. I've I've seen on on the uh, the socials. <laughs> yes, yeah. I did not do any uh, CrossFit this morning because I was riding mountain bike, and I didn't do any CrossFit on. Thursday, although that generally I don't do cross on Thursday anyway. So, so here we are, October third. Uh, I keep confusing the dates because my work schedule is weird. But this is Saturday, and so a week from now would be Saturday the tenth, which is your targeted weather permitting day to do the DIY Ultra. Correct. That is the plan. Yeah, October tenth, DIY Ultra, fifty plus or minus miles. On the long trail. Yeah, going long on the long trail. <laughs> um, now, yes. are you still on track for the same day or no? I'm not on track for the same day, but I never okay. really, but since we decided I was going to do uh, Stay Steady September, I, my, I've been uh, staggered by like two weeks from you, which is actually a topic later on the, uh, the list here I was going to ask for your live and in-person uh, coaching advice in, in terms of... Um, what to do at the end of this training block in terms of what's next. So like I would end, uh, I'm, I'll finish my 40 mile week tomorrow. Then my weeks go Monday to Sunday. Uh, I know you were doing like a Saturday to Monday or something. Uh, and I so think that, I, I think I had like Tuesday, I had Tuesday to Monday, which was a weird thing. But yeah. You had a, out. you had a atypical week, but it was seven days. It doesn't matter. Right. So, uh, mine, right. mine, my 50 mile week will start on Monday and on Sunday, then I'll have a, a taper off week of rest and doing other activities to stay fit. And then the, the issue is figuring out how I feel and then figuring out whether, coming back that like how like do you take the full taper week and then a ramp up week and then go or that's not what you're doing you're obviously taking a rest week and then are you ramping up the following week into the event what's what are, what are you thinking because i'm trying to figure out exactly yeah. where to proceed after this this block yeah so yeah so i did a lot of thinking about this and i've listened to some various podcasts where they discuss different training techniques different tapers different peaks and valleys of training, periodized training, whatever. So I do not do well. If I were to do a big build, do a four-week build, take a rest week, and then try and just go right into whatever the event was, that doesn't work well for me because I feel cold. Like, I just don't feel efficient. You know, like, it, yeah. it doesn't work. Your body's and been tricked so, into thinking it's in rest mode again. You've, it's come out of do work mode and gone into rest mode again. Yeah, right, right, right. So it actually, like for me, 
I did those four big weeks. You know, it was like a hundred and uh, almost 150 miles total over the four weeks, and then actually felt really good. Like for two days following those four weeks, I was good. According to the loop strap, like my recovery was good. I was sleeping really well. And then on the third day and the fourth day, I was garbage, like total junk, because my body was like, oh, we're resting? Oh, cool. We're going to like, <laughs> we're going to heal all these things and we're going to recover all these things that are just kind of like in the background. Sure. And so it, it I'm, I think I'm on a delayed reaction, but it's the same as true. So now I'm going to do, um, What's, what's commonly called a reverse taper. So I did two weeks out from DIY Ultra with like rest week, no running, no nothing. And now, uh, starting this coming week, whether, whether it's tomorrow or Monday, doesn't really matter. I'll start to build back up and I'll probably do like on Thursday, I think is the plan. I'll do like a, a big run, like a big 12 mile, like four hour run. And then, then my mindset will be in the right place. My body will be like, oh, yeah, this is the thing we're doing. Like, we got it. That, for me, is way better than coming in, quote, unquote, cold. Right. And that's what I've been thinking, too. Like, I don't think I can go through the process my body's going through right now doing, like, what will be 140-ish miles in four weeks coming out of an August where I did 78 in the similar period of time. Right. Um, uh, and then take just one week off and then like walk waltz over to a trail and do 31 miles. I feel like I, I need to like rev back up a bit, whether that's over one or two weeks, I wasn't sure. Um, so I've just been trying to figure out a target date. Cause like for me, I was thinking it ended up just kind of because of the stupid calendar, the most sensible day for my attempt at the moment looks like Halloween. <laughs> Um, oh, but that, but that sounds like too far out because if you're going to do the, let's see, if you're going to hit the 50 mile week starting on Monday, that'll end that on the 10th. And then I've got to figure out what, I guess I could do the 24th a week earlier. Yeah. That sounds like the better, just based on when you finish the training block, that sounds like a better weekend. Yeah. 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 I think Obviously, originally there's, there's life decisions and all that other shit to balance out. Sure, sure, but but in terms of just distance from the big training block, that's a little too far. Yeah, three weeks out is too far. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I don't know what I was thinking when I originally looked at the calendar, but now that I'm looking at it again, it does look right. One of the factors I was trying to consider was um, having a recovery day after that didn't lead directly into my work week, which is not a do or die decision, but I was trying not to do 31 miles and then have to walk into the hospital the next day. Cause th those people don't know what I do. They don't, <laughs> they're great people that they don't understand the weird stuff that I'm trying to do right now. Right. Right. Yeah, actually. So I, I, I did that. So I, I planned, so I'm going to run on a Saturday, the tent is a Saturday, but I, I plan to take Monday. I'm sorry, Friday, and the following Monday off from work. Yeah, just um, to have a palate cleanse. You got to let yourself like recover from doing something that you've charged up like that for. Well, yeah, and, and the other obstacle is that I I think that on Saturday I'm going to start the run at 4:30 a.m. Sure. I I predict I will finish the run at 10 to 11 p.m. Damn, son. Uh, <laughs> That's epic. Two, which, is, 
which is too late for my my wonderful wife to come pick me up. Um, so I'm gonna have to like I'm gonna camp at night. So I'm gonna like pre-dash all my camping stuff. I'll run to my camping stuff, sleep there for the night camping, and then she can get me the next day in the morning. Dude, that's hard. That, that, you you get points for that. Like to do an effort like that, and then you're gonna sleep on a sleeping bag in a tent. That that gets you extra hard points. You're gonna be able to brag on that. <laughs> I mean, but, like, at that point, it doesn't even matter. I would just lay down and leave. I don't think it's going to matter at all. I'm just going to be like, yep, there's a spot. <laughs> yeah, 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 anywhere, you know, anything. Like, I'm ready to like, sleep. Gravel parking lot. I don't think it matters. I'm just going to lay down. So For sure. That's going to be a hell of an effort. And it should be noted as we talk about this stuff. I'm doing, uh, like, sort of the intro level uh, effort here. So I'm targeting a smaller distance, 50K versus 50 miles. And I'm also not uh, focusing in t- my training largely on technical trails like Adam is. So I'm building up. We're on two different levels. So when you're listening to this, you can kind of hear two versions of trying to do something that feels big for the person doing it. But there's there's levels to this. Like Adam's been uh, uh, performing at an elite level for a while while I've been like taking care of people in the hospital and basically being a little bit sedentary. So it's it's been an effort for me to get back to where I'm able to run like I used to be able to. So we're on different, well, yeah, it, we're on different it, you're, levels, you're, but it's, but it's still, I feel good about what I'm doing. It's been awesome lately. Right. And you're, you're doing what is considered, at least I think, right. It's like the, it's the end quote unquote entry to ultra distance, right? Like anything over a marathon is technically considered ultra distance, 28 miles, 29 miles, whatever, 50 K 31 miles, it's just generally the most common entry point for somebody who's going to do an ultra distance run. Yeah. So it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's still a pretty small pool of people that are like, oh yeah, I'm going to go run 31 miles on these trails. This is a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I think like a lot of yeah. people think like a marathon is, is a hallmark. I'm going to run long event. And I would agree with those people. And I have they, not, they, ru- and they, I have not run not that distance. I've not done that. <laughs> Yeah, fuck that distance. That distance is over. That distance is like, it's 2002, okay? <laughs> that's, that's, that's in the aughts. We're past that shit now. Now we run long. <laughs> yeah, now we're, like, we're going to the year 3000, okay? The year 3000. <laughs> so my, my long run for, for next week, my long run is going to be 20. And that for me will be probably the most I would run even if I was training for just a marathon distance. Most people I've talked to, that's where the kind of the cutoff for distance you do before a marathon attempt. Yeah. I think that's super common. It's just like the 20 is like the longest day leading up to it. I mean, I've heard people say that I haven't read a lot of training plans, but I think that's pretty common. So, uh, that'll be something for me I've never done before. So I'm looking forward to that. And I will use some trails on that. And I'm going to try to use some trails tomorrow morning uh, to complete my 15. Cause it's just, I'm doing town Lake a lot the last for my long runs, the, this, this cycle. And um, it's nice, but it's, um, it's a little monotonous, you know, like I, 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 if I had a better command of the trails here, I would probably be doing more on trails, but there's some limitations. A lot of the trail running here is in short distances, which creates some like other issues with monotonousness. <laughs> well, that is that's because you do live in a city. So I have a question though. This town lake loop that you keep doing, 
Yes. What 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 is the serpent? Alternates. Um, it is loose, um, kind of I guess like packed gravel. Um, okay. Mixed with not that much, but some areas of actual paved like sidewalk type, but there's not a lot of that. And then there is one section of this, like kind of, I don't know what it's made of, but they built this bridge out over a big section of it on the Eastern end of the trail. That is, um, where it used to be, have to go up onto sidewalks and it was a nightmare. So no one liked that part of the trail, but they fixed it. So now you're down on this lower area and it's, you're literally running out over the water, um, on a, a raised trail. And it's, uh, it's, that's, some type of a sidewalk type thing, but it feels really soft. I don't know what they used, but it's like, it's something that feels kind of soft when you're running on it. Um, so it's, so, it, it, so I, I actually think that this, the running that you're doing, I actually think is much harder. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> Cause it's, 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 it's hard in a certain type of a way The the type of body mobility that it requires to, run long on technical trail, I think is just demanding in a different way. You have to be more flexible. I, I mean, I, I think my hips would fall apart if I did one of your training runs. Just yeah, well, it is, yeah, it is, it is hard on the hips, but the, I think the difference though with that technical stuff is that you, um, you run, you walk, you jog, you quickly hike, you quickly walk, you slowly walk. Like there's just a lot of different, uh, to the to the speed and the pace that you're going, and like when I find like out of the on the harder surface that you can be lulled into running the entire time, which is just you know can be pretty hard on on the joints. Yeah, and so that's so, why I'm trying to make sure that when I get to these higher end distances, that I'm uh, basically if you're on that Town Lake Loop, you you can do a 10 mile loop is the max that is that that's the furthest loop that it has. But depending on where you cross the river, you can do three, four, seven, or 10 loops. And it Got does it. at the, at one end of it, at one end, there's a little uh, jaunt you can do. I don't know how long it is. I imagine it's like half a mile at the most from that trail that would connect you up to the Greenbelt trail, the Barton Creek Greenbelt. And that's seven miles out and seven miles back of, of trail running um and you, there's up to 20 miles of running in there you just need to learn the the off the map trails which you we actually if you remember adam we did mountain bike on those trails and oh yeah 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 right the only reason we were able to string together a really long mountain bike ride on those trails was because we were with an expert Austinite because I, no one else could do that. You have to know those trails very, very well to be able to string a, a long distance together like that. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise you just won't be able to do that. <laughs> but I mean, from my memory, that ride was long as hell because I was dehydrated and out of water and I had probably drank three to four beers before we even started. Yeah. For, for the and listener, for the listener, uh, there was a day when Adam was in town, and he at that point he was already working for Specialized, and he had a friend in town who also worked for Specialized, but locally. And our plan was to uh, borrow some mountain bikes for me, who didn't have one at the time, and Adam, who was traveling. Right? You borrowed one, didn't you? Because you were traveling. Yeah, because I ro I rode my Harley from Vermont down there. 
Yeah, exactly. And so we were both borrowing mountain bikes on the company dime from like a specialized dealer because we had connections, blah, blah, blah. And this dude, first of all, wants us to meet him when I get off work at a bar and drink a whole bunch of beers. And then we're going to go on this fun mountain bike ride, which I'm thinking 20 miles, 30 miles, up and down the creek, whatever. I don't know how long we ended up going, but I wanted to die at the end of that bike ride. <laughs> and, and I felt brutal. And I felt like we were both like I felt like I was just a tag along, but I felt like the point of that ride was to haze Adam St. Germain. Like they were trying to haze your ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and I remember like we were finally done. We split up, we're headed back to your place, and I was like, I was like, Scott, we have to stop. Anywhere. I don't care where we stop. We have to stop somewhere. And we stopped at, like, some bodega. I remember sitting on the curb. I think maybe I drank a Coca-Cola and ate whatever food was available. I have no idea. But I don't know what we I ate, but remember. I remember drinking that Coca-Cola with you and just being like, what the fuck just happened to us? I think we got beat oh. up by some, some Austin bike dealers. Smashed. Smashed. <laughs> totally smashed. So... Yeah, um, that was fun though. That right, was well, that was that was classic in the woods. But anyway, so uh, yeah, running in the woods is slower, but it also is it requires a sort of mental presence that is different than running on the road. Where running on the road can be kind of uh, you can lose yourself in your own thoughts. Um, whereas I think running on the trails, you it's a little bit dangerous if you lose yourself in your own thoughts. You kind of have to be a little more like in that flow state where you're like looking where you're going to put your foot. Oh, that's really interesting. I think it is the total opposite. When I'm really? on the road, that's so interesting. Am, <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm on the road, I'm so present and annoyed at the fact that I'm on the road and it's taking forever and I haven't <laughs> reached that telephone pole yet. And then if I'm in the woods, like two hours will go by, and I'm like, oh, I should I should drink some water. I should I should maybe eat a snack. I don't know. <laughs> Wait, where am I? Oh, I'm here. Oh, okay. I'm seven miles in. Like. Dude, time just like vanishes. It totally vanishes. That's so, interesting. It's it just depends I, on where you're at. I, I would like to think as I get better at running again that that doing more trail running will feel that way for me. But it, it has been um, it's just up and down. Like I, I've the last couple of days that I've run, I've felt uh, better than I can remember since previous times training to run. And it took way longer this time. It took me like. I don't know how long we've been talking about this on this podcast, but months of running pretty regularly for it to start to feel like. Well, better. yeah, it looks like you're running, you're running pretty consistent. Like a month ago you were doing two, three miles at a little over nine pace. And then now you're doing like five, six, 10 miles at nine minute pace. And it looks really pretty consistent, which it's, is great. It's getting better today. I went a little slower cause I, I I'm worried about tomorrow. I didn't want to go too hard and, feel jinky for tomorrow but like yesterday i got off work and i felt kind of crummy because i just work you know sometimes you feel loogie at the end of a work day but i was like i had been reading on my downtime during the day the david goggins book can't hurt me i've been reading that can't hurt me. Through the can't hurt me. and man that dude gets in your head and it gets you kind of pumped up and i was like well i could run slower because i feel tired or i could try to run faster because i feel tired <laughs> you know it just it was like that, a that was that was the secret to some of my to success of some of my long runs uh, at the beginning of September because I was listening to that book on audio tape. And so what, he, what they do in the audio book is really neat because in between the chapters, and actually sometimes during the chapter, 
they pause the reading of the book, and then Goggins has a conversation with the ghostwriter, his his co-author, and they and then they deep dive on like some topic that came up, and they expand on the story that they were telling in the chapter. So you kind of get like this weird audiobook slash podcast slash interview thing. Yeah, I'm thinking. I ever since I heard that, and I also heard Joe Rogan on a thing explain that as well. And so it's been, I've been holding off on it. I've just been reading the regular book, but I think I'm going to put the audio book in my headphones for the attempt. To- yeah. So I'm, I'm planning on re-listening to the book, uh, for the, for the big, the big day, because one, uh, I don't particularly like running in the dark with the, with the headlamp. I sure. get, I get a little spooky and I get in my head a little bit. Sure. So I have to listen to something. Um, whether it's music or it's um, or a book or whatever, and um, but I also find that book super motivating, right? Like you're just like, yeah, like I'm I'm fucking I'm doing this. Yeah, I like the structure of he's telling stories that uh, explain how he became inspired, but then there's those little one page challenge inserts where he's like, here's something you can do to try and like get yourself moving today. And right, I right, feel like right, right. all yep. of all of those are really you could pull those out and relieve the rest of the book and you'd miss a lot, but you'd still get something good out of it. Because every one of those is like a useful thought experiment to like get yourself moving. It really helped me. I mean, I walked out of work and I was in the same mindset that Scott from a month ago would have just thrown my bags in the car and gone home. And just having well, the, read that book that day not only made me go do the run, but it made me feel motivated to try to do it fast. <laughs> you know, so it was it was the one the, the one that really got it hooked in me was uh, don't be a liar, yes. like don't lie to yourself, right? And he's like, he's like, yeah, if you say you're going to do something, you fucking do it. And so I remember, like, you know, I would I would text you or I would I would tell somebody be like, oh yeah, I'm going to run. 15 miles, I'm going to run 20 miles, I'm going to do that thing tomorrow. And then I was like, well, shit, I said it. Like, i got to go do it now. That's it. I'm going to go do it. And it helps and to so, tell. Uh, I, I find that that part actually is something I learned from that and from even this podcast, like, uh, which took time, you know, but I think that process of, of telling someone and me, I, I was, I'm kind of like, I can be quiet around people or even sometimes around my family. Like I don't always want to announce a big goal if I'm afraid I'm not going to accomplish it. So like the first time around, like in, in uh, the, the August challenge, I didn't really tell my wife and my family like what I was up to most of the time. Like I would tell them, man, I'm trying to run a lot. I'm trying to run every day. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do that. But I wouldn't like be like, hey, on Saturday, I really need to do this. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't communicating it really well. And that was a learning thing for me too. Cause this time around I'm, I'm being very specific. Like I'm going to get up early on the weekend and run 20 miles, you know, or whatever you, the, the goal is so that everyone knows what I'm doing. But then it also in reverse makes you accountable. Cause you're now you're like, you're carving out space on other people's calendars and they expect you to go do that thing you said you were going to do. Yeah, and there was there was multiple times back in uh, back in September, or, or maybe it was August, one of those where where Allie was like, "Hey, did you already run today?" And most of the time, because I get up very early, I could say yes, I did. Every so often, I would I, you know would be like, "Nope, yeah, you, you're right, I haven't done it yet, but I'm going to. I'm going to go do it. <laughs> I'm doing it." Yep. So it was uh, yeah, it's good to have everybody on the same page, even if they're not partaking. But they at least know what you're 
trying to get up to. Yeah, yeah, it helps. So. And then even there, now it's gotten to the point where some of the people at work know that I'm trying to run pretty regularly. So like, are you going to run today? You running after work? Because they'll see me change my clothes and leave the hospital. They run a loop by the hospital, and you know it's a little atypical. So like, <laughs> it's gotten to the point where people are asking me what I'm up to, but and that's fine. But <laughs> it's it's just another layer of accountability because then once people know you're trying to do this thing, they're like, well, tell me more about the thing. What are you doing? What days are you right, doing? Right, right, right. What's, What's that? Why, why are you Why are you doing it? How long does it take? How fast do you go? Do your feet hurt? What do you eat? What do you drink? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Although, look, I, there's, there's a weird phenomenon that I have noticed, and and I don't know. You can help me process this, because I don't know what to do with this information. So I've told, I've told my family, I've told extended family, whatever, like, told my parents, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this thing. And, and I just state it, like, matter-of-factly. You know, like, uh... This is my goal. You I'm going to do hey, it. This, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go run 50 miles. <laughs> and everybody just goes, okay. <laughs> really? No. Yeah, there's no, there's no, like, no one's questioning it, like... I wonder if that's... I wonder if that's because you are you and you have like a unique like sort of like I mean I've done endurance sports my parents my family are used to me doing endurance sports but I'll tell you what my mom said to me when I told her I was going to run a 30 mile run or 31 mile run she was like oh are are you sure I was That's like, what I keep thinking is going to happen. And I was like, I yeah, I'm parents. sure. And she was like, are you going to be okay? And I was like, I'm, I, there's this process. There's a process. I'm going to be okay. And she was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I just, no, nobody, nobody even like remotely questioned. I told my brother, my brother's run a marathon, uh, but he's not a runner by any means. But I told my brother, I was like, I'm going to do this 50 mile run. And he's like, That's far. <laughs> that was it. Like that was it. And then, that's then, the know, perfect amount like, of response oh that's far <laughs> he's got, then he's got like follow up questions like well how long is it going to take when are you going to do it well, okay but like that, nobody's you know I don't know I feel like maybe I've just done enough things where people are just like oh you're going to do that oh, okay have fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I think that's unique to you I think you've done a lot of uh upper end endurance stuff like race bikes on a pretty high level blah 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 to where your family's just like adam's about to call me and tell me he's doing something weird yeah it's adam he's gonna do that well, <laughs> whereas, I, whereas I, I do I, do some of that stuff but in a more i think re, like lower level constrained way where like i i feel like i've done a lot of endurance stuff but when i told my mom i was gonna run 30 miles she sounds scared i was like oh geez I, i've been i've been lazy lately <laughs> Here's, a, here's like the best example. My my growing up, my dad was great. He would drive me to all the mountain bike races, like before I could drive. We would drive all over New England. We'd go to New Hampshire, Vermont, Maine. We'd camp out the night before. We would do the mountain bike race, or I would do the mountain bike race the next day. And he would like, you know, he was like my crew, right? Like he would get my water bottles ready, he'd make sure we had food, and he'd do water water bottle hand up like when I came through the feed zone the whole deal was awesome and so I said to him the other day I was saying we were catching up and I was just like hey I'm thinking like next year I'm gonna I'm gonna do a hundred mile run I'm gonna have to call you to come be my crew um for it you know and he said his response has nothing to do with the hundred miler and he goes oh yeah that was a lot of fun when we used to do that <laughs> <laughs> didn't even flinch about the others yet though no 
He's just like, yeah, oh, and he's like, that's great. Yeah, we'll call your uncle. It'll be fun. So I'm just like, all right, cool. Which is great. I think it's super duper. To me, it's kind of funny on one hand because there's no response. There's no, like, nobody's surprised. On the other hand, to me, it's like, Everyone is incredibly supportive. They're like, "Oh, you want you want to go run?" Well, they're supportive, but I think you're you're skipping over maybe just out of modesty. You're skipping over the bigger implication there, which is that they're used to you doing stuff that sounds badass, and they're just like, "Oh, he's gonna do this other badass thing." Like they're almost like already accepting that you're gonna complete it before you did it. (laughs) Which I would which I would think would be pressure to me. That would be added pressure. I like that my mom thought maybe I couldn't do it. It Gives me an out. Right. No, there's no, there's no out. And that's so speaking of out, that's why I picked, I ended up picking the route on the long trail that I, that I picked. Once I get to 32 miles. Yeah. Once I get to 32 miles, there's no exit from the trail. It's 18 miles to the next road. That's it. You're in, you're in and you're, that's it. Yeah. You're committed. You know, like you're going to have to walk, you got to lay down and take a nap. Whatever you got to do, it doesn't matter. You're committed. You're in. Yep. You might not set the time yep. record, but if you get to that other point, you did it. <laughs> uh, well, also, also, just for care for careful planning, the, the the time record that I'm trying to set is only for the first 31 miles. So once that's the point, like once I reach that point, it's full commit to the to the full 50. But also then, less time oriented yeah there's, there's no yeah because if i actually come if i so it's almost like section, you could sprint to that section and then take your time with the rest if you want yeah, yeah no. if you wanted to think about it that way i don't know if that's how you want to think about it <laughs> well i think i'm gonna like i'm gonna do the first i'm gonna try and do that first 31 miles to, to set the time to lower the fastest known time and then i think i'm gonna like hit that one road section do like a reset stop refuel and then, you know, keep going. I don't want to stop for too long, though. I think I'll just skip it up. Yeah. Yeah, so. I think at that, that's one thing I would be concerned about. It's like my, I, I've been doing these runs and, and whatever, you know, not on the same level that you've been doing in terms of distance. But once you get up to like 13, going to do 15 tomorrow. <clears throat> when I stop to like use the bathroom, grab something from my pack. My, for me, it's my quads more than my hips right now, but it depends on what you're doing with the run, but like things tighten up a bit and then you got to like, kind of like be patient and try to loosen them up again or else, you know, it feels kind of, it's stressful, you know? So. Yeah. 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 And I, yeah. So I found, yeah, I had the same kind of issue and, uh, and I would just like the, all the last training runs I did, I would just refuse stop. Sure. So I, would, I would slow down. I would walk. And even if like, you know, my calves are burning because the hill was steep or whatever. I just like, I refuse to actually fully stop. Yeah. I don't and think I would, it's good to stop. Go, I would just go slow. I, I agree yeah, with you. So I was just like, I was just trying to keep it, keep it moving. Um, keep it moving forward. But I'll tell you, like I got, I got into that 50 mile week and I was really tired. Like I was just, I was, you know, finally like really, really tired. The last two runs I did, I ate shit, I think, twice on each run because I just, like, wasn't picking my feet up enough. Yeah. So. Yeah, you can do that good, thing where you're, learning where you're barely taking your foot off the ground. And then the, like, right. Anything right. can take you down at that point. A loose rock, a root, whatever. I've been there. 
Yeah, and then uh, and I actually I I tried I did a couple of test runs and training runs where I did I got running poles like the ultra distance running poles. Okay. Um, which are just like a super lightweight version of a of a hiking pole, and um, they do make a really big difference. So I'll have those for later in the run when like you're tired and you kind of just need a little extra help going uphill and downhill just for stability. Yeah. Um, downhill will get you. Make a pretty big difference. I think most people yeah, who run sure. know that, but down like when you're doing it on a short run, downhills are great. On a long run, the later in the run, those downhills start to mess with your stability. Like they they they're they're stressful a little bit on your legs and your hips. In my experience, yeah. Well, there was a, I was just listening to a podcast. They were talking about the Atlanta Olympic Trials, which I think were. Uh, maybe last year. I forget when it was. Yeah, it must have been last year, 2019. And it was the hilliest marathon course they had ever used for the Olympic trials. And then they interviewed these people that specifically trained downhill running because it was so much different than what they had historically done. Uh, mm. Because the impact is that, you know, can be that drastic. So, yeah, sometimes yeah. it feels really hard. There was, we, we did uh, years ago, you and I did a, a relay marathon in Vermont where it's like each runner runs a half marathon and you get a time for the full marathon or whatever. I ran the first half of the Vermont, uh, whatever it's called, Key City or whatever the bank that sponsored it was. Marathon. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the, the Vermont, we really just called the Vermont City Marathon. I think that year was sponsored by Key Bank. Yeah, and so I ran the first half, you ran the second half. The second half is the the hillier half, but the first half had a long downhill. Oh, I don't know if it was it was in the last part, like after you'd gone, I think past 10 miles, but there was a long kind of not steep, but gentle long downhill, and that was like the hardest part in my mind. That's the only part I really remember. It was just feeling like my legs hurt running down that damn hill. <laughs> And yeah, well, there's, there's a there's a short steep hill in the second half that I had to run down, and it's at mile 22 of the marathon. So for me, that's like what mile nine, I think. And uh, and yeah, it just like it rocked my world. There's probably like all of 15 seconds of running, and I remember I got to the bottom and had to walk. I was just like, oh god. It oh, chills for a second. Yeah, because it does something weird. It asks all your muscles to do something different than what they've just been doing, and it feels not good. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. So yep, it's true. So we covered the running, I think, pretty well here. We know that you're doing the attempt on the 10th. I think we should try to do an episode before that if possible, even if it's like a 10-minute episode, just like a quick what are you thinking, any changes to your prep, like something maybe on the – Eighth or ninth. Yeah, I, I gotta get my head back in the game. I spent a whole month of September hyper, hyper focused on this run. I was like, and Adam is in the mountains now. Me. So, I've Adam, been like, Adam, can you hear me? Oh. The listener will just know that yes. you spent some time and then a whole bunch of chippy choppity. Ah, uh, chippy choppity. So hit us again with you spent time thinking one thing and now you're thinking another thing. Whatever that dichotomy was. <laughs> oh, well, I was I was saying that I, I spent all of September very and studying the math and weighing 
all my gear, counting ounces and grams and making sure everything was ready. <laughs> it's like, it's all gone fuzzy. I gotta like, I gotta get back, get my head back in the game. Yeah, yeah. And October's here. You're you're within a week, maybe if the weather permits. So, I don't know. My my advice would be read those inspirational books and get ready. <laughs> yeah, it's not even that. Like I still feel really inspired. I just feel like really foggy on like what I actually need to do. And that's where for me again, like running this coming week will be great because I'll be like, yeah, okay, back in the groove. Like I got I got my shoes. I got these are the socks I'm gonna I'm gonna wear. Like I'll get it all dialed in. It'll be good. Yeah, for so. sure. It sounds like you've got a lot of the, the, the things in place to make this a success. The running you've been doing is looks like it's been everything you've been up to par for what you need to do. So you're going to get it done. We need to do a pre and a post app. And this is the part where Adam St. Germain's call dropped out, which I thought might happen. I'm going to take this moment to tell you that the talk show is sponsored by... Um, poor cell phone communications in the state of Vermont <laughs> and the state of Vermont would like you to know that it's a beautiful, amazing place. Uh, Bernie Sanders lives there. Uh, ASG St. Germain. Oh, Adam's calling back, but I, Oh, hello. Look, if there's one thing Vermont <laughs> has, it's, it's foliage. What it does. <laughs> You're still cutting out. <laughs> Uh, the editing on this episode is going to be so fun. It's going to be great. You're going to love it. If I was you know just, what it is, I was just telling the listeners, uh, I was doing a little advertisement for the state of Vermont for the listeners. Oh, and I was saying great. some of the positive attributes, but dog shit cell phone reception <laughs> was what's mentioned in the ad. Jesus Christ. It's terrible. It's terrible. I had a question though, when I was asking, Oh, by the way, I want everyone to know, People out there in Radio Land, Scott Sullivan. Yes. I'm I'm currently driving through the town of Bennington, Vermont. Nice. Which Bennington's claim to fame is it is home to the tallest structure in Vermont. Which is? It is a it is a monument. It's the Bennington Monument uh, for a war that was part of the Civil War which is the Battle of Bennington, which didn't even happen in Vermont, but it happened across the way in New York State. <laughs> Beautiful. It is, and it is, uh, would you like to guess how tall the tallest structure in Vermont is? I mean, are we testing in feet or stories? Like, what is the increment of measurement? Feet, yes, feet. 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 Uh, 120 feet. Oh, come on. Be serious. 330 <laughs> feet. That's solid. I don't know. I mean, there's trees in Vermont that are pretty tall. I, I didn't know what we were dealing with. Yeah, well, there's trees that are probably 100 and some odd feet. That's true. I've seen some cows that have like a good, you know, they're pretty tall cows. Listen, I have, <laughs> so my question, what I wanted to ask you was, have you figured out your your nutrition strategy the ultra this is is critical i have not and i uh that is an issue i have been thinking about a lot on my last two long run longer runs because i do not like to eat when i'm running but i have to so uh something i'm trying to figure out i tried trail mix that worked pretty well on the last one um but i don't think i ate enough to where if i was going long like really long ultra long that it would be enough 
Because, you know, there's a certain amount per hour, I guess, you have to maintain to keep the body from going sideways. Yeah. But if you're going... Yeah, you want to eat like, you you want to eat like 100 calories an hour. What type of stuff are you planning to eat? I do not like, we've talked about this in a podcast, people yell at me for it probably, but I do not like the Cliff Bar bar type products. Those make me feel unwell when I eat them. So I typically like more food-based food, (laughs) you know? Or even like the the gummy type blocks, like Cliff Blocks or any of those variants that are gummy. I tend to do a little better with those. I got a mix of stuff. So I've got I've got some gummy blocks, I've got some sports gels, I've got some beef jerky, uh, slash beef you know meat sticks. Yeah. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have some dried fruit. I've got some uh, you know various nut butter packets like. Um, not peanut butter, but maybe like an almond butter, cashew butter, macadamia nut butter. Why did you say no peanut butter specifically? Is that known to be bad? I don't know about that. It makes my mouth itchy. Okay, there you go. Answer asked, so, asked and answered. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Not not for any like real you know really specific reason. Um, and then I'll probably have. I, I'm gonna bring like. Um, some some uh, chips and or pretzels, like something really salty. Um, and then I've got like this drink mix, high calorie drink mix called Perpetuum that I'll also have. I might not actually even drink that, but I'll have it in case I feel like I'm getting behind on calories. It's a really fast way to get calories in. Okay, that sounds solid. So, I think I think I'm gonna I mean, focus on like trail mix and um, some. There's some like of those gummy products and. Uh, maybe some snack, like some literal like M and M's or Skittles or like snacks and stuff. Yeah, like I mean, I, I'm all about that. I really like chocolate chip cookies are really good. Because <laughs> yeah, uh, at that point, you're not dieting anymore, man. You're burning tons of calories. You just get it in there. Yeah, or like Fig Newtons, I really like those. Those work really well. <laughs> those are good. Um, yeah, yeah. But I like to get some kind of fat like thing. What so are you like looking the, at for calories burned on some of your long days on the trail? Because I did that thirteen point one on the on the town lake, and I <laughs> that day, according to Whoop, we can talk about this thing we keep mentioning Whoop, but um, I, I did I logged four thousand calories that day, which is like I I don't know I've never I don't never had a uh, an app tell me four thousand calories. I'm sure I've done it before biking, but like I've never had like something that tracked my entire day where it like summed that up but when you're out there that some of those days you did like 20 miles on the trail like what what kind of calories were you burning i think the highest one i saw for the for one of the big days was like a 5,000 calorie day that's a lot of yeah. calories like that's you know i mean although i guess yeah, at, at a high-end fitness level you're doing about a thousand an hour sometimes yeah, 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 right, right, for sure. But I think I so I think for the fifty miler, I think it'll be like a. If I had to guess, I'm gonna guess it's like a eight thousand calorie day. Yeah, you. <laughs> if you could eat a steak at lunchtime, that might help. Yeah, I mean you you're going you're going deep at that point, and like you're not replacing. You know, if you can eat half, if I can eat four thousand calories, then like I'm probably in pretty good shape. Sure. Yeah. Cause you, have you tried to go anywhere near like uh, a, a neutral that you would be sick, make yourself sick. Right. Right. <laughs> just, it just, there's no, there's no way. So I'm going to plan on, uh, I'm going to have a cooler stash that like my camp, my little camp spot. And I'm going to like 
have a pint of ice cream and some other food in there for when I get done. And I'm just going to smash it into my face when I get there. So that sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's, um, that is that more importantly, Mr. Sullivan. Yes, sir. It is October. Yes. You live, you live in a weird place. I do. What is happening for Halloween? I don't know. Um, I was actually, it's funny you mentioned that because that was on my topics to ask you is what you were thinking as a parent, this podcast, we also like to talk about parent stuff, um, about the Halloween issue with COVID and wanting your kids, our kids are both the same age, essentially. What does Edie think about? What, first, start with this. What does your kid think about Halloween? What have they expressed? What do they expect? Okay. Well, first of all, Edie has been over the moon excited about Halloween and October in general. She's been wanting to decorate the house for Halloween for at least a week. Yes. We told her she had to wait until October. Yes. (laughs) And so so yesterday, her and Allie spent the day decorating the house top to bottom for Halloween. Wow. And And she wanted some Halloween decorations in her room. And she picked out, uh, we've been reading these Harry Potter, like picture books. Um, they're like illustrated. And, um, so anyway, she wanted to get a Dementor for Halloween. She thought that would be a really spooky Halloween thing to get. So we got a a Dementor esque Halloween, um, decoration. She's like, I want it in my room. And I was like, ah, (laughs) we're not, we're not going to do that. So we didn't do that. But, um, She's very excited. I don't think she's super concerned about trick-or-treating. Oh, that's good. That's good. She's just really excited about Halloween. She's really excited about her costume. I made her. Recently, I got a sewing machine. Yes, this has appeared on your social media that you've been trying to learn how to sew. And I I sewed Edie a, a pink fur bear costume complete with bear mittens and a bear hood. With with ears on it, that sounds awesome. I, I got I got to send you a picture. It's it's pretty ridiculous. Um, <laughs> anyway, she's super. So she's really excited. She wants to wear a bear costume, and then she and then immediately after that, she asked me, "Dad, can you make me a chipmunk costume?" Oh no. Um, <laughs> so uh, one, it's not easy to sew. So anybody who's good at it, like my hat off to you. It is it is quite the challenge. Yeah, um, it's hard. And. Uh, Anyway, so we'll see. So she's very excited about that. She, she wants to dress up. Um, at one idea we had, because we live on a, on a street, there's only like five houses on the street, was we were going to buy the candy and then we were going to give it to our five neighbors and then we could just go trick or treat at their at their house. Because there's not there's no kids coming to our neighborhood. We're just out in the country. Right. So, <clears throat> so it's pretty, um, you, you would have to go to the city to trick or treat or you would have to just do your couple houses that you're near yeah which we will definitely not go to the city to trick-or-treat no i wouldn't advise that yeah so we're not gonna do that so um yeah what are you guys gonna do we have you live in a more like suburban type we do but we live in a suburban area that is a little bit disconnected from the bigger community because we're kind of down we're, we're at the edge of development for the part of austin that we're in so like we're kind of in a community that's growing, but that a lot of people are kind of almost unaware that we, we feel like we're kind of tucked away almost off the map. Um, and so 
there is a loop of houses that we could walk through and trick or treat in. I don't think we're going to do that, but we haven't, Ali has mentioned that he wanted to. And it's funny, Ali also over the last week has been talking a lot about wanting to decorate the house. And we, we took a field trip to Michael's and got a bunch of dumb stuff and started decorating. And he, we did some crafting where we handmade some spider things and all this. stuff. like, he's gotten started to get into it. He already has like two or three different costumes that people have sent him. He's got a Darth Vader, a transformer, all this different stuff. And he wears them. He's been wearing them like, for weeks already and on and on. Yeah, same, same here, same here. The costumes are just in constant rotation, which yeah. is great. So totally. he's excited, but we were in, we were entertaining the idea of maybe doing like a Halloween party here at the house where we like tried to put on music and, you know, maybe have one or two people that we trust in our bubble come over. We have one neighbor who lives next door to us that we – have been interacting with who helped watch our pets when we're out of town. So we might like maybe just have him trick or treat at her door because we trust her, but it's just hard because we just don't know what to do. And I think everybody's trying to figure out like what's safe. What do you do? Right. And really, I mean, last year we, we did go trick or treating in the neighborhood. Um, but I think we probably only went to like six or eight houses anyway. It's not like we went, you know, for a long time. Or and I think that's, that's what we have on our side with our, our kids and their age is that like their, their attention span for it is probably not going to be that prolonged. You know, it's just the idea of doing right, it right. and then having that box checked for them. So I'm hoping we can just do one or two houses of like maybe our neighbor and she has a friend who lives on the next block that she knows. Maybe we just do like a couple people that we feel like we trust and call it a day. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like we would be remiss. I feel like we we don't talk about politics on the talk show. It's not something we're interested in. But I feel like we would be remiss to not point out that we're recording this on Saturday, the third day of October, and our fearless leader is in the hospital. Uh, Correct, along with a lot of his staff. Along with a lot of his staff. And I feel like, you know, you can try to dunk on him or what it lift him up depending on what side of the spectrum you're on. But I think the takeaway is the masks are a good idea. <laughs> like, hey, hey man, just saying masks, not a bad idea. Not a bad okay, idea. I, We're not, not even talking idea. politics. We're just saying, <laughs> I think we learned something. That's all I want to say about that. Not a bad idea. And you know what? Yep. Good, good on him. I hope he, I hope he survives this. You know, there's other things that, you know, there's other things left for him to be challenged by. <laughs> Put it that way. Yeah. 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 But yeah. at any rate, I feel like we would be remiss to make no mention of that on an episode that we already time stamped as the third of October. It, 30, 30 days or 29 days or 30. Yeah. 30 days. Right. From uh go vote day. Everybody yeah. go vote. Yeah. That we will say that for sure. The talk show encourages you to go and vote. And I want to I want to take it one step further. We're not going to advocate. We're not. We're, this is not a political podcast, so we're not going to say who. We're not going to tell you who to vote for. But I will say this: it is very, very, very important. And, and I didn't know this as a young man, but as I get older, I've learned that it's very, very important to research your local political uh, races and uh, referendums, so that you know how to vote on things that directly impact your community. Those referendums that you vote on. And those down-the-line ticket items, like the people who are going to be dog catcher or whatever, it seems like maybe it doesn't matter. Those things might impact your life more than who's in the White House. So 
please do a little research before you show up on vote day. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> or, or better better yet, you don't even have to show up on vote day. Do that shit early. Put it in the mail. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, remind me, Adam, because I don't remember this from when I lived in New England. Do you have early voting in Vermont? Like, I can vote starting in, I think, yeah, a, we, a week we, and a we, half. We do. Yes, we do. And we have a, we have a mail-in option. You can request the ballot and mail it in. Um, however, due to uh, the size of the town where, where Allie and I live, uh, we're just going to go to the polling place. Uh, yeah, there are options I feel safe with where, with my mask and my gloves and washing everything. I'm just going to go vote in person and make sure there's no uh, tomfoolery of <laughs> related to Yeah, because, because we went, like, for the primaries, well, whenever that was, we went, and it was like me, I went in the middle of the afternoon, and it was like me and one other lady. Yeah, I was like, okay. Yeah, yeah, if you if you go to that early voting, that's that's been my experience too. I've done that in Texas a few times, and it's very casual. If you wait till election day, it gets totally different, like flipped upside yeah. down. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. But on so, that note, um, we've covered a lot of my topics. I did have another item on the list. Let me look at it. Oh, we were talking. I was. We kind of already mentioned it, but I. Uh, Adopted two new tech things for this running attempt and for just trying to track my fitness. One is the Strava app, which has been around forever, but I just have never, I'm the latest adopter ever, I guess. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> and I, I actually find it to be nice. It's been helpful, but I, it's been around forever, I think. And I just never bothered with it. And then a uh, newer thing is the Whoop strap slash app that Adam turned me on to. I've been wearing one of those for a week or maybe a little more. Um, And that's a fitness tracker. How would you describe that? If you had to give an elevator pitch for the whoop app, how would you? The whoop is a, uh, it's not a fitness tracker, right? Like I feel like that's a, it's not counting steps. It's doing something totally different. Yeah, it is a, um, well, it measures, I'm sure they have a good pitch for it. It measures what they call the big three, uh, sleep, recovery, and strain. So basically how well you're sleeping, how well your body has recovered from the previous day's strain, and how strenuous your activity for the given day was on a scale from zero to 21. 21 is absolute maximum strain. Yes. Have you have you hit that level? I know you have already, right? I already No, I've not I have not hit twenty one. I have hit twenty point five and twenty point okay. seven. Okay, but well you've not maxed it out yet. I haven't maxed it out. I and, feel like DIY Ultra will max it out. It probably will, but that that I think what I've learned from using it as we go is it is a, a interesting and for the listener, we won't talk about this too long because you maybe don't have the Whoop app. And we're not, uh, the talk show boys can't be bought. So this is not paid content for Whoop. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. I will say if you are in on the Whoop train, you can join uh, the short handled shovel team. And, uh, you know, we we'll, got a club going and jump on there, search for short handled shovel under the teams and join this one. Hell yeah. Also, I'm going to take a moment right now. If you're listening to this podcast, you got deep. You're an hour in with us. You know, edits probably 50 minutes in with us. 
Go to the goddamn Apple store and rate and review this shit. Come on. I know you people. I can see metrics. I know you're listening to this shit. Just say, you know, even if you have to say, like, Adam's pretty cool, but Scott's a dick. Whatever. Put it in the thing and you five stars, okay? Please. I'd even take, I'd even take four stars. Just whatever you got. Yeah, whatever. Definitely. Give us three stars, but say something funny. Or give us five stars and then roast us. That's what I think you should do. I think you should go to the thing. This is my challenge to you. Give us a five-star review and then say the meanest thing you can think of about me and Adam. <laughs> and that's the challenge I'm giving you right now. Roast us. Bring it. Dang. Dang. All right. Back to the whoop. I want to I hear your take on this thing. So I've been using the whoop for a week or so, and I think it's very interesting. I discovered something. I think, well, my overall impression of it is it thinks I'm weak as hell, which is probably true. Um, but <laughs> it... Uh, it uses a, a bunch of different metrics. One of them is resting heart rate. Mine's never been like super uh, athlete low, like ever in my life, even when I was younger. What? What? Is, give us the number. Come on, give us the number. What is it? I think today was sixty-six. But like sixty-six. Yeah, and and so like a lot of athletes like consistently uh, will do like forties, fifties. Um, yeah. Okay. So just I've for never, I've never really sake, done that. Just for comparison's sake. My resting heart rate average is 42. Yeah, and I knew I, I knew that about yours. Yours is pretty low. And I think even um, one of our Whoop teammates, uh, Matt, well, I think he hovers around that range too. And he's got a different body build and type than you entirely. But I think his resting heart rate is, is in that ballpark from what I think I saw. I mean, I don't look through it for a few bit, few bits. But um, feel a feel bit. It's like a quick look. But yeah, I've I've had a lot of strain because I've had a lot of like issues just kind of managing, you know, you know, sleep and wake, and it's so one of the things that will ding you on on this Whoop app basically is if you're not getting consistent sleep that it likes or that is deep enough sleep, it'll eventually like kind of penalize you in its assessment if you go hard again the next day. So I happen to put this thing on during a training cycle where whatever it says, I'm going to go hard on the days that I'm supposed to go hard anyway. <laughs> and it's made it kind of mad at me, I think. <laughs> but one thing I discovered... Well, but it's still it's still calibrating. You got to get like 30 days in and then it gets yeah. a good snap. It's trying to figure Matt, me out. Matt Newell's resting heart rate average uh, for the last month is 53, by the way. That's not bad. I mean, it's 10, 10 beats... Better than mine, I think, currently. So his know. his all time average is fifty four. <laughs> By the way, shots fired, Matt. <laughs> Your business is on this podcast. That's right. We talk. We talk it. All right. Now I'm curious. So mine is forty two. All time average forty three. Low point thirty seven. Yeah, that sounds about right, though. And so one of the things I was noticing when I looked at the app, and this is what I think is interesting about it and is a selling point, but also an interesting thing if you're looking to compare or contrast with other athletes, is we have this little team that we just referenced. It's me, Adam, and Matt are all a shorthanded shovel on Whoop. Get on it if you want to. And um, Adam's been doing, I think, the highest volume of work daily of the three of us. But he was ranked lowest in strain for, I think, the week or the month when I looked at it this morning, which is not meaning he's not going hard. It means it's easier for him to go hard. And that's what the app is trying to help you figure out is how to, like, maximize yourself in a way where you're, 
doing these efforts, but you're balancing yourself in a way where you're not making it harder than it should be. Does that sound fair? Um, yeah. I mean, there's an optimal, you know, then they talk about it, that there's an optimal range and it depends on what you're trying to do. Like if you're trying to make fitness gains or if you're just trying to like maintain fitness, you have an optimal range. And I have a bunch of features in the app. There's like the strain uh, in the app. There's the strain coach that can like, you know, give you a, it should be like, Hey, based on your data, you should do this today. And it'll tell me like some days I go over and they're like, Oh shit, son. Based on your recovery, you shouldn't have went that hard. Oh yeah. It's I've, I've had that message several times this week. <laughs> I'm not doing the same stuff you're doing, but there's like, Hey, you didn't sleep that good last night, but Hey, I want to say this while I'm thinking of it. Cause I'll forget it. There's also a feature within the app. Again, we are not getting paid by these people. Adam, Talk to someone in Boston and fix this. I think it's a Boston-based company. They should be paying it, us it is, to talk yeah. about this they're shit. Down, they're down in Boston. Let's yep, fix this. They should be paying us. But anyway, um, there's a, a, a component within it that allows you to journal any number of topics that you're interested in a, a, at the end of the day. Like, did you do this? Did you do that? You can kind of edit the list. And then um, one of the things uh, is, uh, did you use melatonin to help you sleep? Because I recently decided to use melatonin, but I haven't used it every night. I used some last night, had, went to bed late because my kid was going off, um, slept fine. I mean, I feel like I slept deeply, but I did, got to bed late, woke up, you know, not early, but at a normal time. And according to this thing, I had really good sleep based on the metrics that it uses compared to previous nights where I thought I slept better. And so my takeaway from that for now is I'm going to try melatonin a little more regularly this week and see how that affects things. Cause <laughs> this app has basically been telling my sleep, telling me that my sleep is dog shit for the last week. Which... All right, so, get, so get this, speaking of sleep, here's the one that I can't wrap my head around, but I trust the data on the nights where I have uh, one to two alcoholic drinks, my sleep, and recovery both improve by eight to nine percent. And is that in also consistent with your uh, so it, it ranks the, the periods of time that you're asleep by what level of sleep it thinks you're sleeping? Do you sleep harder, reach deeper yeah, levels of I, sleep after those? Yes. Yeah, yes. <laughs> so there you go, yeah. <laughs> which is like it's you know, it's, it's so counterintuitive, like for sure, hey, you know trust the data and if i stretch if i stretch too late in the evening uh like at nine o'clock then i sleep worse so weird okay one more question on this topic and then we're gonna get off it until they pay us they pay us whoop come on pay um, me, sucker. on one on one wrist i have my apple watch on the other wrist i have the whoop is that your setup i don't wear a watch you don't wear a watch anymore no i only i occasionally wear a watch when i'm running because I wear a Sunto Spartan watch, so it gives me my mile splits and things like that. Um, but otherwise, no, I do not wear anything on my wrist except for the boot. Okay, very interesting. Yeah. Because I was wondering if you have to say sometimes, because no one's asked me yet, but I've seen people look at my other wrist and be like, what's that? And, and I haven't yet had to say, this is my watch and that's my whoop, which is a very, well, I, I'm a, dreading the moment I have to say that sentence to somebody. <laughs> There are so there are a number of people that I work with at Specialized that are have the exact same setup as you, and you can you can bet your bottom dollar that I give them a hard time about it every time I see them. 
And I expect the same <laughs> once people figure out what's going on that I will hear the same. Hey, man, I'm going to have to wrap this up pretty soon because family is back in the house. I think we covered the main topics. I was going to like extend the conversation out to the, the holidays. But let's one wrap up topic, keeping with the family story. Um, school update. What are you doing? Or what's your outlook with uh, is Edie at home with you guys homeschooling still? Yeah, Edie's at home with us, um, you know, four out of five days a week. One day she goes to my mother-in-law's where my brother-in-law is there with his son who's only a year older than he. And so they have like hang day and they party. That's so cool. That must be really good for them. Oh, it's super good. Yeah. And then one day he comes to our house. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been very, uh, very helpful in that regard. Uh, but yeah, she's still home and we've been doing like, you know, some mild education based things. Yeah. Are you, are you guys have any plan going forward? What you think you might do? I think, yep. Yeah, she's going to stay at home for a bit here. Um, I think the plan is to send her to school, which I think will be kindergarten at that point um, in September. Okay, yeah. It's, the, we're, it's we're a thinking, long-term plan. Yeah, we don't know what we're going to do. We might do pre-K in the spring if it looks doable, but I have a ominous feeling that this winter is going to go pretty badly. Um, which I hope I'm wrong, yeah. which I truly hope I'm wrong about, but you know, we'll see. Yeah. It's a little bit up in the air. Cause I mean, there's like, uh, yeah, I'm not totally sure how it's all gonna, how it's all gonna shake out. Um, but that's the car, the current plan. And then we've talked about like doing a nanny share or like an at school program with some people that we can like add to the bubble, but then who the hell knows? So, yeah, yeah. Anyway, same, same. We're in the same boat. I can't add much to that. We're basically in the same boat. We we got the little guy at home. We have a sitter who speaks English and Spanish who comes on Sundays and does a little bilingual education with him. And oh, is he gonna learn Spanish? I mean, I feel like that's probably important. Well, in Texas, well before right? before we went into the pandemic, he was at a Montessori that was bilingual. So he's been learning things in Spanish since he was two. Um, and you know, it's. Some of it sticks, some of it doesn't, but like it's something we thought was important because you know if you're gonna grow up down here in the South, like it's a huge Hispanic community. It's just a better, good way to be a member of the community to like be able to speak to people. Yeah, I think way. that makes that makes really good sense. That's smart. And he would meet more, you know, brown people at his school, which you know is a good thing. You want to meet people who don't look exactly like you, right? It's tough when it's, you like Austin is not, you know. It, it's not the most diverse place in the world, so it's important. <laughs> wow. All right. Look, you know, like all things being what they are, it's way more diverse than Vermont. I wasn't going to point. I was kind of leaving that to you to, t- <laughs> to tie that thread however yeah. you wanted to. But, you know, we. Yeah. it's just important that people meet other people. And I'm sure Edie's meeting other people or will when it's appropriate. And that's that's all you can do is try to let your kids understand that right. those people are just like you. They like the same exposure, stuff. Exposure, exposure, exposure. Totally, totally. I think we did it, man. We definitely did it. T minus seven days. Let's read. Now I'm kind of, I'm kind of nervous and anxious. Don't be, Ugh. don't be. Chill. Go, go, go. Sip on a beer so you get some good sleep tonight. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm, go- I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop and pick some up now. Okay. I, and then we're looking at, I think the best. We'll talk about it off the air, but I think we should do the eighth. 
the seventh or the eighth for an update because we don't want to talk to you the night before you get too much shit going on. So on this, the Wednesday or the Thursday of this coming week, we should do another episode. Keep it short and just kind of see what you're thinking. I'm ready. I'm ready. Put me in. All right, let's do this thing. You got to say the thing. This podcast has ended. Let us go in peace. Yes, we did it, folks. Bye. Oh, and uh, go to Apple Podcasts and rate and review and don't be a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye.